Hi, everyone. This is Todd Fields. Welcome to the Worship Circle Podcast. Thank you so much for giving us your time and not tuning in. I would say that if we were on the radio, but uh, thanks for streaming this podcast from wherever you're streaming. Uh, we don't take your time for granted, and um, we just really hope that this whole thing lets you know that you're loved and you're not alone, regardless of where you serve. That's what that's the purpose of our ministry, um, this thing called Worship Circle. As we enter our seventh year of ministry, our 13th six-month term, just want to celebrate um, what God's done. Over 700 leaders have been mentored from 15 countries, and it's crazy, you guys. We've got some uh, leaders from Nigeria, Uganda, India, and just all over the world that are jumping into small group. And um, this is a family and we want that for you. We want you to taste and see what God's doing in it. So if you're a guy out there, before I get going, introducing our guests for our podcast, we have a couple of spots left for guys for this next term. Our first session is on the 29th of October, but this will air and give you two weeks time to apply. Go to worshipcircle.com forward slash program to do that. And we will do everything within our power to help you jump in. We've got financing uh, help available with scholarships. We've got, I'll get on the phone with you and just show you a way that many of our leaders have funded their experience and their education and their mentorship here at Worship Circle. Well, last uh, podcast, if you recall, if, you, if you've listened to it, I gave the story of how Worship Circle started and what God did in my own heart and my own journey. Um, really to show me how much he loved me and, and meet with me in a personal way. And I wanted that for you guys out there listening and wanted all worship leaders to really understand this whole idea that we can't love until we understand how loved we are. And so that's what we do. Um, a lot of this ministry is about you understanding the depths of God's love for you. Um, not just what he did 2,000 years ago on the cross, because that was the biggest I love you in the world, and it echoes for eternity, but that he's present with you now in the circumstances that you're in right now, and he's there through all things. And I love that scripture verse that says, from him, through him, to him are all things, that he knows what he's doing. He's got you right where you are right now. It, nothing's caught him by surprise, and he's in control. And... um I love what we're going to talk about today. I've got a friend of mine named Danny Mullins. Danny's from Phoenix, Arizona. And I'll I'll share a little bit of how we met at the beginning when we're talking together. But um, Danny's my spiritual director, and that's a term I had never heard before. I'd heard it vaguely th- through some books I'd read, but I didn't know what that was. I didn't know, hey, why would I need one of those? And um, this is a whole new kind of path for me personally that um, God's used Danny in my life and just this whole practice of spiritual direction to do some um, work in my heart and my soul that um, had never been done before. And I'm 51 years old. I've been you know, trying to follow Jesus for a lot of years, but there's something really powerful about this practice and about this path. Um, and we want to share more about it. And I wanted Danny to tell his story and give you guys access to um this this whole idea of spiritual direction. Danny's going to jump in to our term and teach some more. And uh, we've got some surprising news having to do with spiritual direction we'll share with our current uh, students and members that will be part of this term. But we're going to keep this whole idea on the forefront of what we do in Worship Circle because we want you um, to experience this avenue and this path that God uses and has used for a lot a lot of years to um just help a lot of believers who follow Jesus and want to become more like him. 
So it's my honor to introduce to you a guy who really has been there for me through the ups and downs of life, through the joy, through the suffering, and um, not necessarily personally with a ton of answers, but as he'll tell you, just as a, as a way to be in the cockpit with me um, along for the ride and help me be aware of what God was doing in his presence and his power and his love for me in, in all these different kind of seasons I've been in. So um, you guys, welcome to the podcast, the Worship Circle Podcast, Mr. Danny Mullins. Well, hey, everybody. I'm sitting in our Worship Circle offices in Alpharetta, Georgia, with a guy who's become a really dear friend to me, Danny Mullins. Danny, welcome. Thrilled to be here. Um, just a little bit of background, and I'll probably set this up on the bumper before this, but um, after Carrie and I and our family moved back from San Francisco a couple of years ago, um, I was actually next door to the building I'm in now, and Carrie came over and said, hey, you, I have somebody you need to meet. And I was like, okay. And she was like off the wall, excited and beaming. And, um, I'd heard about this thing, Danny, that she was, she was looking into it when we were in mm-hmm. California, but it was yeah. like, uh, called spiritual direction. And I was like, <laughs> like what is that? What is that? And what's my wife getting into? And, um, she came back and started attending here. We're in a uh, cloud walk offices too. We share space, but, um, attending the spiritual direction class that you were teaching. And uh, that's how we met. And so you and I have had a relationship for the past two years now. Yeah. Um, usually monthly, Danny is my spiritual director. So welcome. <laughs> Thanks for being. He just came in hot from Phoenix. <laughs> just walked off the plane. Yeah, because he's teaching a, he's actually teaching a spiritual direction class. That's what he does. But Danny, um, I know you know, some of your story and some of your background, but we've mentioned this whole idea of spiritual direction. Mm -hmm. For me, I had never heard of that before. Yeah. And we were talking before we rolled the recording here that that's probably the case for a lot of evangelical believers. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you and your story and your journey come to know this whole idea? Where did it come from for you? How'd you connect with it? Uh, I'd always had a, uh, interest in church history. Yeah. So through the years, I'd read quite a bit in church history, and uh, I'd come across it. But I mean, it didn't it didn't connect. I didn't have a clue, yeah. you know, what what they were talking about. And uh, I went to uh, I got to do a, a master's of ministry program up at a little bitty school in Canada called St. Stephen's, and there was a, a course on um, spiritual formation. Yeah, which also was, I mean, sounds great, but I, I didn't, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, it's just, <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, one of those words and yeah. I mean, uh, spirit formed. Okay. Makes sense. But yeah. what I had no clue. And we just engaged in some of the practices that mm-hmm. are common to spiritual formation, just spiritual practices. Uh, and it just kind of whetted something in me. Mm. Uh, and, uh, I, encountered God in ways I hadn't. Yeah. But again, I would say that was just still, I mean, that was, we're talking the nineties, mid nineties. Yeah. And, uh, still didn't have a, really a clue, but 
just little bits here and there. And it really wasn't until I sort of crashed and burned back in 2012 okay. that uh, I realized I needed something and I didn't know what. And just so happens this school that I teach for yeah. came to Phoenix and I felt really it was a two-year program, and mm. I felt really drawn to it. Yeah, and you were in music too, right? I, yeah, Just I've been involved with worship yeah. my whole life. I yeah. started playing the organ okay. in the main adult service yeah. when I was 17. So we had a Hammond B3 with a big Leslie. Awesome, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. So the school came to Phoenix. School came to Phoenix, and I felt very drawn, and so I just checked it out and— um, and I decided to sign up. And mm. my first, we the the school's five two day modules, yeah, a, a year for two years. And so that first weekend we did those two days. Um, I encountered um, a level of intimacy and vulnerability, mm-hmm. uh, and a sense of connection with those I was with people I didn't even know. Prior yeah. to, some of them prior to that weekend. Wow! That I I thought I think this is how church supposed is supposed to be. That how church is supposed. I to thought be. that yeah that yeah. that sort of connection yeah. and community. Yeah, we. I mean, it's a word we use a lot, community. But I'd never experienced. What was different like for that. you about that experience versus kind of what you what we all I guess typically equate to community group or yeah, we. We shared our hearts. Yeah. I mean, we shared the real stuff. It's part of how you enter into this practice because spiritual direction is about looking at what God's doing inside of us, which means looking at everything that's going on inside of you. Mm -hmm. And uh, there really haven't been, I mean, you know, I... It kind of it's sad at when I even think about it. Uh, through my life, where were those safe places where I could say mm-hmm. what was actually happening? Yeah, uh, and not be judged or fixed or told what I ought to do or compared or compared. <laughs> I did plenty of that on my own. Yeah. Didn't need anybody to help, uh, yeah. and I that did not happen there. People listened. They asked really good questions, mm-hmm. and uh, and and then God is doing His thing in the middle of all of that to help you understand, feel, and it's. I mean, it's past understanding. That's that's not a great word, but yeah, you just you you encounter God's work in your life, which has probably already been going on and you didn't recognize that's what that was. Yeah. Uh, but transparency and vulnerability were a huge part of uh, mm, noticing what's real, mm-hmm. not denying what's real. Mm. And that, you know, that's a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> And where do you do that? Right. And who even wants to hear you do that? Yeah. This was a place for me where that actually happened. And I just was blown away. What? Where did you go from there? You tasted this school. What was your next step in your journey with it all? Uh, I, uh, 
It, well, it's it's just crazy. I think the guy who runs the school's crazy, to tell you the <laughs> truth. But and I wasn't a young guy. I mean, I was you know two thousand. That's two thousand and thirteen. You know, at seven years ago, I was fifty nine years old. So yeah. I wasn't a kid, and I'd been in ministry full time since I was twenty five. Mm. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took the first year, and then. Dave Nixon, who started the school, was actually my teacher because mm-hmm. this school will come to parts of the U.S. if there's enough people there. They'll just send a teacher. Right. And uh, he couldn't come back. They wanted to then do another first year, the next year. Yeah. He came back to do us for our second year, mm-hmm. but there weren't, you know, he couldn't come back for another trip for a first year class. And so he has asked me and a Another lady in the class who was, uh, her and her husband pastored a vineyard there in northern North okay. Phoenix. And he asked us, would we sort of do first year? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you nuts? I just completed teach, first teach. year. <laughs> he wanted you to teach first. Yeah, he wanted us to do that. Yeah. He, I mean, he just, I mean, he says he saw something that I didn't see. You know, I mean, I just was like, but... Uh, it so we took second year and we taught first a first year class that formed and, yeah. and like this is our eighth first year class in Phoenix. Oh wow! This year that's that's how long this has been going there and uh, getting to revisit then that material again for me. Yeah, you know to basically do first year again. Yeah, uh, I just got more. I just sunk in to yeah. it even more and it began to become a part of who I was. So actually that was the first time I taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it I gradually began to teach more schools as God connected me with other groups mm-hmm. and other cities. And so, you know, this year I have, last year I had seven cohorts scattered across the U.S. This year I have six, and mm-hmm. that's what I do full time. So I gradually moved, I decreased my time on staff to make more room for this and yeah. until I do this full time now. Uh, but it's, man, I've done a lot of things in my life. I've never done anything that I've seen the level of change. Yeah. And transformation personally. Yeah. And then with the people that I s- sit with who also What do you think? You were on staff at a church for a lot of years. Lots of years. I was. Other people listening have been. What do you think was the thing that was keeping you? Like, I guess you'd never even heard of this concept of no. spiritual formation. Right. And you and I were talking before this thing started about... Um, you know, for many of us, there's a mission the church has, uh-huh. and it's like let's accomplish the mission at all costs because that's the main right. thing. Um, but what you're describing, and I wanted you to talk about a little bit of just personally how God got. I mean, other than the, maybe there's something happened other than the school, but this idea of making you aware of the idea of spiritual formation and, mm-hmm. and that you had been all, been doing all this doing, mm-hmm. but there there was just this brick wall, and all of a sudden you're going there has to be more, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would have grown up with a concept of we need to spend time with God. Yeah. But what, is, what does that mean? Or what does that look like? Well, that looks like praying my list, yeah. which, you know, lists are great. 
Yeah. I, I don't have an issue with the list. Would quiet time fit into that? A quiet time with yeah. God, but it wasn't ever very quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was the thought of just sitting there, quote, doing nothing, yeah. you know, felt like a waste. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I'm either reading or I'm verbalizing prayers or, but the thought of just sitting trying to move towards quiet, which because it's a journey yeah. <laughs> to move towards a quiet that's not just external, mm-hmm. but that there, there's an, actually an internal quiet. There's a place we can go mm-hmm. where the voices go down that are mm-hmm. driving us and encounter God in that place. Yeah. The thought that God, that I don't have to do anything, but that he could actually, he actually acts upon my heart. Wow. Like he says he will. Yeah. That's what he says he will do. He will act. But, you know, I didn't feel like I was doing enough. <laughs> you know, I had to do something to get that to happen. Right. When Which we all do. We we all do. I, I didn't really have too much of a concept of just receiving. What's it like to sit there and then receive the work of God on right. my life. And, you know, sometimes you you could you did know what was happening, and there are lots of times you did not know what was happening. You simply saw a change after the fact mm-hmm. that you either thought differently or you acted differently, and you didn't have to think about acting differently. You just did. Right. And that, it's just like, oh, this, this is... Too easy. I feel like I'm cheating. Yeah, I know you well enough to know. Earlier, you talked about practices from the school in Canada, and yeah, you mentioned quiet. And I know that's one of the practices. It is. <laughs> um, we'll talk. Maybe we'll hit on some more here in a second. But what do you think is the carrot that's held out for most people in ministry that pulls us away from? The, the just the mystery and awe of pause. <laughs> sure. What I mean, we all we sure. There's probably plenty of things, but I literally feel like it's the it's the thing. Like you know, Larry Green, who works here, talks about silent retreats, and that mm-hmm. for most people they want to throw up and think about <laughs> or it that. scares them to death. <laughs> yeah, scares me to death. Like that just sounds like the most boring thing in the world. Yes. Yeah, but um. What do you think it is that fuels us, that rewards us in our doing for God that that we're not understanding that this solitude and quiet could, right. could potentially right. offer? Well, you know, I think like everyone else, I grew up with, I don't know, uh, church. Yeah. Or, and I, but I don't really want to... Almost society culture, yeah, told me what success looked like. Yeah, what a, a successful church looks like. X. Yeah, and and it's the typical stuff we all know. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it does. It looks like numbers, and it, yeah, it, you know, it looks like programs, and it looks like uh, finances, and I mean, it looks like all those things. And uh, and I, you know, we're. We're so used to being, and uh, and I, man, I mean this in the best sense, but 
it's just, it was just so easy to move towards an entertainment sort of uh, culture. It's, yeah. It was hard not to because people are getting this here. So we kind of are providing it, but from a God's, God, God place, God slant, you know. Mm-hmm. Over here, my friend calls it "sit and get." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, it just—I think it, so. But that takes a lot of work. Yeah. Okay, a lot of work. <laughs> okay, all the planning and all the rehearsals, you know, for for worship folks and new songs and trying to stay up on the the latest yeah. the thing that's working. Yeah, you know. Uh, it, it's just a lot, and it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, and I, it, I'm hearing some amens, even though I'm not hearing. Them. <laughs> it just it would, but I didn't know anything else. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have said this then, right? Because uh, uh, I, I didn't know anything else. Yeah, so, so it's not. I don't. I, I, I'm pretty. I'm much nicer to myself than I used to, so I don't look back at that and beat myself up anymore. No, it's yeah. what it's what I knew. Yeah. And I sincerely tried to do, to offer the best product. And I don't mean that wrong either. Yeah. I was trying to offer the best product I yeah. could that blessed people. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of work. And there isn't, you would really have to prioritize what we're talking about today in order for it to happen. Because that's the things that are going to get displaced by all the work you have to do. Yeah. There's just really not time for that. So you're kind of hitting on the thing that we all know. It's one of those upside down Jesus things is the, we would all view what is seen as most important. Yes. And he was always about the unseen. He always was. And we, it's funny cause you, I used to have people say, how's, how's work going or how's your church? And I think for all of us, we go, man, attendance is up. Or we did this opener last week and people freaked out, you know. And I found myself, just in all honesty, I was numb to this whole idea that my heart needed anything. Yeah. Because my, I got so much from being associated with successful, quote, ministry. Yeah. And then, then before I met you, you know, God met me in a profound way. And I shared the story in our last podcast, but I had really never heard his voice. And I told somebody today, it wasn't James Earl Jones, but in my mind, these thoughts of overwhelming love, just saying, I love you. And it, it wrecked me. I broke and I sobbed for like an hour. And, um, that's why we're having this conversation mm-hmm. because and even with COVID hitting right now, yeah. um, there's God's up to something in his church. And um, we're even, a lot of us are asking what does church look like going forward yeah. right now? Because yeah. for so long, the drug of I can count these things and we have this many, this mm-hmm. was, that was the indicator of how successful something might be. Um. But one of the things we've been talking about in worship circle is we can't reach people until we've been reached. Mm-hmm. And so this whole spiritual formation, direction, communion with God is all about us being reached in a moment by moment basis by the one who loves us most and being aware of that. Yeah, there's a book by uh, Robert Mulholland called uh, Invitation to a Journey. 
Yeah. And he has a pretty classic definition of spiritual formation in there. Uh, his his definition is it's being conformed to the image of Jesus for the sake of others. Wow. And which is pretty scriptural. <laughs> you know, yeah. Romans 8, that we have been, you know, predestined to be, we've been destined to be conformed into Jesus's image. Mm-hmm. And I always would have agreed with that. Yeah. The, the deal is, how does that happen? Yeah. Because most of mine, well-intentioned is behavior modification. Or sin management. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, pretty much. That's what Dallas Willard calls it. That you're just, you're, it's sin management. You're managing your sin. And that is Man, that has that's really short term effective. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, years I, I experienced years of it. Yeah, it just doesn't. It's not going to hold you long term because it's not coming from a real place of change. You know, and wow, and I, and I hope this doesn't sound critical, but that whole thing we went. You know, what was it the seventies? Because that those are my days. You know, <laughs> what would Jesus do? You know, WWJD yeah, and eighties. You know, yeah. it's like. Trying to, th- if you have to stop and think what he would do, it's obviously not in you to do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to figure it out. Yeah. So no knock on what would Jesus do. I, and actually, what I, I do now, I, my phrase is, well, so what is Jesus doing? Wow, yeah. You know, I, I want to, which is what he did. Yeah. He said, I say what the Father, I hear him say. Yeah. I do what I seem to. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of thinking that's a pretty good pattern. Yeah. So I need to notice yeah. What God is saying, what God is doing. Yeah. And then I can I think that's the the plan that yeah. Jesus left us with. You're gonna go, I'm gonna send you like he sent me. This is what you do. Mm-hmm. But that disconnection from what he's doing and saying, you know, if I'm not connected to that, like in a real time, mm-hmm. then I'm kind of on my own. Mm-hmm. And I have to figure it out. And man, that has not worked well for me. Because yeah. I am not that smart. I don't know if it was just decades of different types of ministry, but there was that big, you know, accountability push. And mm-hmm. man, if you're just if you white knuckle it enough, and just to help you guys understand what Danny and I are talking about, because it, it there is that thing of man, I'm committed, and yeah. I'm not going to do that anymore. And that's that's an approach that is sin management that will literally kill your heart. It will. <laughs> And one of the things that I've learned from you and just from some therapy I've been through lately is that desire it, it's better to figure out where the desire, <laughs> the truth about the desire, right. than try to just say the desire doesn't exist and just say, I'm not going to have right. that desire. Right. And what we're learning and what <laughs> Good you're... Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what we're learning is that like... So much of what gets wonky is God-given desire uh-huh. that has been marred, or what you were saying the other day, desecrated right. by a sinister evil mm-hmm. in our world that wants to take what God intended for good. And so many of us are just walking around, and we haven't gone deep enough to say, what broken me, Lord, with right. desires that really are good from you? Mm-hmm. I had a guy ask me the other day, um, just going off the cuff here a second. He goes, Todd, I need your wisdom on something. I'm like, I don't know how wise I am, <laughs> but you can ask the question. 
And he's like, we have a, we have some people sleeping around on our worship team. You know, we have mm-hmm. a couple people, and what disciplinary measures should we enforce? You know, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, because I remember I literally when I was at working with worship leaders, I was like, hey, we need to have a document that people sign. And then you say, they're not going to do this. And they're not going to do this. Yeah. So his question was, how do you, what do you do with this? You know, how do you discipline them? And I just, I don't know, I mean, I pause in the moment. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to say something just to say something to think it's the right answer. But some of the things I've learned to you is to ask, from you is to ask questions. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yes. I was like, have you, have you thought about letting them know that the desires they have for what they're doing are really good and they're from God? They're just terribly misplaced right now uh-huh. and not shame them in their desire, yeah. but help them understand that their desire is outside the boundaries of what's good for their heart and their yeah. soul. Yeah. And um, What a great question. This is what we're talking about. It is. It's, it's, it's so much easier to say, don't do that. It is. Than it is to go, why do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. And what happened to you? Yeah. And so much of what I've learned on my journey with you, and guys, I can't say enough. We'll talk about more opportunity coming up here in a second. But it, what I've experienced with spiritual direction from you, Danny, is I feel like I've got a – some people would say, well, it's kind of like a counselor. Maybe, but it's more like a it's more like a, a companion in the seat with you on a journey. Mm-hmm. Your journey. Yeah, on my journey. On your journey. Who's on the road and they're – they're noticing things as you share that they're partnering with you to put the finger on what God might be doing in your heart mm-hmm. at that moment in your story and helping you to stay there right. and be there long enough to not run from it and to ask good questions. <laughs> and uh, it's been so good, you know. Spiritual direction is about you discovering what yeah. God is doing in you, wow. not a director telling you yeah. what God's doing in you. It's creating That's... a space because if you discover it, it will stick. Yeah. If I tell you, it may not make it out the door with you. Dude, that's the... Even na- if I'm right. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I think so many of us want to avoid pain by being told how to avoid it. Yep. But that's not how God transforms us. Not. And what I've learned this past year is that God uses pain to transform us. He does. <laughs> it's, Regularly. But, but we run from pain and we want to principle it to death. Yeah. If you do these five things, you'll have perfect kids. If you do these three things, your finances will be legit the rest of your life. <laughs> like that preaches and it sells. Yeah. But, hey, be present to God in this moment in your life right now in this day. It's not sexy, but boy, is it way more fulfilling and way more no unbelievable. We move it from formulaic yeah. to relational. Okay. And we've all talked about having a relationship with God. I mean, that yeah. that's normal language, but what the heck does that mean? <laughs> you know, and it's not, well, do these three things are you know, read two extra chapters a day and or pray an extra 10 minutes or, you know, we're just so easily, we so easily prescribe yeah. things. And it, uh, the thought of 
you hearing from God, which, you know, part of the rub of that is now that puts the responsibility on you, not me to tell you anything, yeah. but on you to discover it for yourself. <laughs> and that is a, that can feel like it's, that's too much for me. That's too big for me. That's too much responsibility. That's, yeah. well, it makes you get real with God. That's for sure. Well, and I think that the, for me, just to be vulnerable here, I was, I mean, I remember growing up in Christian school and doing all the Christian stuff and people used to tell me when I was a kid, man, you're such a great listener and you're so attentive and you have the right answers. And I could tell you the right answers, Sunday yeah. school answers all day long. Yes. And I remember when we first started meeting, I would get nervous because part of spiritual direction is you pause. You do. And you, it's awkward. It and is. you're like, you're asking me a question like, hey, Todd, what do you, let's just sit with the Lord and see what you're noticing right now in your own heart, in your own life. Yeah. What's he, what are you aware of? And that's scary. It is. Because at that point, I can't, my goal is not to impress Danny with what God's doing in my life. He's there just to say, hey, I'm here. And Carrie says that you can talk more about this idea, but holding space. Right. You're there almost as a as a person clearing the space and the clutter out of the noise of my life mm-hmm. to move back all the curtains of the stuff that we look at that we think is success. And you're almost sitting there naked with God and you're going, okay, now what's he saying to you? <laughs> you're like, And what if he doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> That's another scary thing is like, what if I can't hear? What if I don't hear? Yeah. That scares people. What do you think are some of the ways that God speaks to us that, People are already hearing, but they're unaware yeah. that that's just him. You know, yes. it's like, well, it's going to sound like this big voice. Or, <laughs> what are some of the things you've noticed in your experience in this that God uses um, that people would say, "Well, I feel this way," or "I noticed this." Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, <laughs> this, yeah, this is another another one of those things I've. I got to where this is what I say, and I hope it doesn't sound wonky, but <laughs> God's voice has always sounded like mine. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It's never another voice. That's so good, because I'm the yeah, same it's, way. It's a, it's a thought, mm-hmm. but it has a feeling to mm-hmm. it that my thoughts don't generally have. Yeah. It catches me in ways. And so often, you know, when we we will start a, a session with someone in spiritual direction, I'll say, well, let's just pause to start with. I just want to see what you, what do you notice today inside of yourself? Yeah. Take as long as you like, you know, two minutes of silence, 15 minutes. I don't care. I'll just sit here with you. You notice. And, you know, and sometimes after a few, me- few minutes, people will say, well, you know, I don't really, I don't really hear anything. Mm-hmm. And my next question is, well, what did you find yourself thinking in that space? Yeah. They start telling me what they're thinking. It sounds a whole lot like God. Yeah. It sounds like God talking to them, but because it's in their voice, yeah. Yeah. there's no way it could be, yeah. at least from where they're at. But so thinking, your your thoughts are huge and yeah. we dismiss them way too quickly. Could they just be us? Of course. Yeah. We need to discern. Yeah. No, you know, we discern. And that's part of what I think a director is for, is well, to help you discern that. And they never contradict Scripture. Never, They're ever. always in alignment with who he is, who he says he was, Scripture, the whole bit. It's not like... <laughs> it's never 
condemnation because yeah. he doesn't do that. Yeah. He's not this critical God. He's incapable of an unloving action. Mm-hmm. He can't he can't do an unloving action. Yeah. He's not capable of that because he's he's love. So it's a whenever it's those things, you know it's not God. Yeah. He doesn't do those sorts of things. Yeah. Feelings is another one we pay a lot of attention to because mm-hmm. we say, you know, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Can you name how you're feeling? Yeah. And some for some folks, we actually have a little feeling wheel because they don't even know where to start saying how they feel. They haven't felt in a while. They yeah. Well, they're feeling, but they can't they can't name it. Yeah. So well, look at this wheel. Is it you know? Is it sadness? Is it joy? Yeah. Is it what you know? They're like, oh, it's that. Yeah. That's the word. Mm-hmm. And because how you're feeling is a huge indication. Mm-hmm. Of what may be going on inside of you? Can they? Can you be deceived by your feelings? Of course. Yeah. That's why we discern. Right. But that's. But we need to. You can't throw them out the window, just because they may lead you astray. Yeah. We don't quit thinking because we might lead ourselves astray. <laughs> so we shouldn't quit feeling. So yeah. feelings and thoughts and desires, which is the word you've already used. Yeah. One of the questions I often ask people is when you get quiet, when you get still, what do you notice yourself longing for? Wow. Because I almost guarantee you, God put that there. <laughs> but we don't stop long enough to notice what am I reaching for uh, when it gets quiet, when it gets still? What what what's my heart just reaching out there for? Uh I I think that's God. That's why we're having this podcast, that what you just said. When you get quiet and it's still, what do you find yourself longing for? Yeah. And for some of you listening, much like me, the doing of ministry is what we all thought or think is the prize. Mm-hmm. But God's put dreams in you and he's put longings in your heart mm-hmm. that are not evil or <laughs> selfish. <laughs> They're good. Mm-hmm. That whole... um you and I talked about this in one of our sessions, but the verse from him, through him, and to him are all things. And one of the things I've been learning about worship, Danny, is, and we talked about this, I think, in our last session, is that there's so much more to worship than standing on a stage and singing songs. Oh, and um, God's presence is to be encountered all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's not a striving encountering. It's not like... I told somebody today, it's not like you're spinning God on your finger like a basketball and <laughs> oops, he fell off. <laughs> or you got the plates in the air and you're like, yeah. I'm practicing your presence, Lord. <laughs> Darn it. I focused on the bills, you know, but it's, it's that overwhelming sense of peace and deep letting out that breath and going, I'm, I have nothing in you or everything in this moment. So we've been talking about the coffee is worship. (laughs) We've been talking about some Elton John songs I love from my childhood Uh, and going, that was sacred. Like those melodies and that creativity was from God. And I can listen to that and my heart can soar. And I can say, you were with me when I was a kid and I heard that song. It's a reminder of your presence. Um, You said something the other day that, I don't, you tell me who said it, but you said there's no such thing as sac- secular and sacred. There's only sacred and desecrated. That's and I right. was like, what the heck? Yeah. That just nailed me to the wall and gave yeah. me 
just a new paradigm for how much bigger God is oh. than the box I had put him in. You know, you can only worship with worship songs. Right. Well, what are worship songs? Well, they're the sacred ones. Yeah. Well, how many times they mention Jesus? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But um, Bridge Over Troubled Water, yeah. I weep when I hear that song. Yeah. And I don't think that came from evil. No, I don't either. And there's so many more evidences of the goodness of God out there from baseball games to mm-hmm. um, concerts to meals with our family to sitting with someone who's going through the darkest time of their life. He's with us at all times. If there's joy, almost guarantee you God's in it. <laughs> almost guarantee you. I love that. Because he's, I mean, righteousness, peace, and joy, that's the kingdom. Yeah. That's what he says the kingdom is. Righteousness, peace, and joy. If joy's in there, almost guarantee you. God's yeah. in it. Ooh. Well, guys, pay attention to your hearts. Pay attention to the joy. Um, you just let's touch on this and then we'll sign off because we're going to have you back. Okay. And I'll tell them kind of where we're headed with the worship circle term. But what, um, what are some of the practices you mentioned? Silence. Silence. For me, the three biggies, these are the three biggies, yeah. the S's. Yeah. You know, silence, solitude, and Sabbath. Those are, those are the biggies for me. Mm-hmm. And there's others that definitely are wonderful. But, you know, someone said, you know, we're silent. So we don't listen to any voice but God's. Mm-hmm. And we practice solitude, so we're not with anyone but God. Yeah. You know, and then Sabbath, we pull away from all the work that we hopefully aren't getting our identity from mm. to rest, to recover. Mm. Uh, it, he didn't, he put it in there for a reason, and he insisted on it. It was not an option. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so those rested, for me yeah. are the the biggies that, yeah, if we just do those, yeah, I guarantee you life will change for us. Our hearts will change. Yeah. Silence, solitude, and Sabbath. Yeah. We're going to have you back. Okay. Because uh, one, I'm connected with you as a spiritual <laughs> director, but there's just, we're all on a journey and I we're here to help leaders listening and um, yeah. And when I say leader, you're a follower, and we're none of us are like have it figured out, but we're just following the next day and the next opportunity God opens up, and we're trying to be aware of His presence. Just so you guys know, um, as we start our next term, we have a couple of spots left for guys. We also have Spanish small groups open, so if you have any friends that are Hispanic and only speak Spanish and don't speak English, Mm. reach out. We're here for you, but we're going to be diving into. and we're praying about pulling the spiritual direction component into the worship circle experience, mm-hmm. Danny. So, and Danny and I are actually talking, my wife Carrie, about the possibility of that, what it might look like. But imagine going through a six month journey with us, being connected with a spiritual director who could be with you for a lot longer than your term with us, mm-hmm. who you can meet with every month to walk with you on your journey of Christ being formed in you and your, your walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's going to be cool stuff. So, man, thanks for being with us. Uh, and, uh, it, it's, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. I told Danny when he came in, I was like, this is, when I do interviews, it's uh, a lot of times it's people that I know through someone or I'm thinking, hey, I want to pull out what I know that they've brought to the table with a, an interview. But it, this one's personal because you've been along f- for a crazy, awesome, hard, 
joyful ride uh-huh. with Carrie and me yeah. and uh, our family. And it's been just a joy to have you as a brother and as somebody holding space for me. <laughs> so well, thank you. you know, it, it truly, when you do spiritual direction, when I do that as a director, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like I'm leading, although I realize I have a role there. Yeah. It literally feels like I'm on this person's journey in their own mind. Yeah. It feels like we're doing this together and I get to be a part of their life. They're getting to be a part of my life. Yeah. It's, it's, it is not some therapeutic professional model. Yeah. It is so deeply relational that you just, you're just connected with people forever. Yeah. And it's, it's the beauty of it too is not, I'm not coming to you go, Danny, what do you think I should do in this circumstance? Because you know, I won't tell you. Yeah. You're not, you're never going to tell me. Danny's always (laughs) going to say, well, what do you feel like God's wanting you to do? Yes. (laughs) It always pushes it back to, which is beautiful. And we'll end with this is because Jesus wanted us to know him. That's it. That's it. Do you know me? Mm -hmm. And so, for all us doers out there who like to count things and who are striving, it's time to just be still, to pause, and at this point in your life say, Lord, am I missing you in my hurry? Mm-hmm. And this whole deal we're dealing with around the globe with trying to figure out this sickness um, has given us all a good reminder that we're finite and that... Uh, every moments to be seized upon just to be present with God and ask what he has for us to learn in these this Mm. time thank you brother thanks for listening to this episode of the worship circle podcast as always we want to remind you that you are loved that you are not alone and when you lead when you walk with Jesus we stand with you as an army of worship leaders that's growing around the world to bring hope to people who need hope and healing to people who need healing. We hope you join us next time. And until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at at Worship Circle and share this podcast and the information about it with any leader you know so that they can become part of this growing tribe of leaders on the earth.